I wish you could have heard it. The shouts of jubilation and singing through tears of joy when the people came home from exile. Deliverance had come by unusual means. The Persians, led by Cyrus the Great, defeated Babylon and let God's children go back to their country, rebuild their temple, restore their way of life, and try to put things back together. Remember those 613 laws we talked about earlier? Determined not to let what had just happened happen again, some people became obsessed with the commandments, observing them more strictly, even adding to them, heaping up new rules and requirements too burdensome for anyone to bear, and imposing them on others. Some became ostentatious in our appointed feasts and showy displays of vain offerings and over-the-top convocations. Even God himself grew weary of the whole charade, wishing only for the fidelity of our hearts, not our expensive performances of worship. We were missing the point again. Others became complacent and fell back into our old ways. Amid all of it, barefoot and wild-haired, the prophets stood in the highways and byways, raising the alarm, channeling God's wrath, his heartache, his desperate prodigal love, longing for us to return to him with right hearts and pure spirits. The prophets begged and screamed. They tried. They tried to make us listen. But by the time Alexander the Great conquered Persia and then captured Jerusalem, their vocal cords had gone hoarse in futility. They, they faded into 400 years of silence. Silence, like darkness, is an abstraction. It's invisible, untouchable. And when it's coming from God, unbearable. There's a kind of violence in it, a soundless slam door that suggests abandonment. Deus absconditus. Rulers, they came and went. The Seleucids, the Hashmonians, finally Rome with her onerous taxation and violent contempt. And still, none of it was worse than the silence of God. Until one cold night in the city of David, all of that crushing absence of a divine voice, all of that bottomless spiritual darkness that enveloped the world was shattered by the cry of a baby. A song in the heavens sung to blue-collar third-shift workers in the night and later their own voices proclaiming the news to anyone who would listen. Hope was finally here. The curtain of the temple had not yet torn in two, but something else was ruptured. Something imperceptible yet momentous was punched through with lights and possibilities previously unthinkable. I really wish that you could have heard it. Oh wait, actually, uh, you can. The piercing rapture of that baby's voice cutting through air thick with the smell of straw and barn animals and blood proclaims itself ceaselessly to the world over, inviting you to step through that door first opened by that tiny gasp of breath. It's everywhere. It's everywhere and it's all around you, forever expanding and amplifying the songs of the angels whose simple message was, don't be afraid. We have good news. It's about great joy. 
and it's for all people. It's for you and everyone you know and everyone you don't know. It's for anyone who's ever been or whoever will be. It's about a savior in the form of the most vulnerable thing on earth, a newborn infant in the place you'd least expect to find them. Hey, whoever you are, whether you know it or not, he's the one you've been waiting for. Kids, you can head off to Children's Church. Hope comes in the form of an infant baby. Hope comes not to a castle adorned with all the greatest colors of fabric and all the gold and silver, but hope comes in a barn. Amazing. Silence. Silence is a thing that can be awkward at times, especially if you're in a group of people and you're sitting and you're kind of staring at each other and not quite sure what to say. It can also be painful. A husband and wife having argued and go their separate ways and they're in the same house, maybe in the same room, but there's deafening silence. Or maybe that silence has gone from just an occasional argument to there is silence between the relationship of that husband and wife that is long-term Silence can be painful. Or silence is painful at the death of a loved one. And we have, some of us here in this room have experienced death of a loved one just recently. And the silence of their voices being gone is, is deadly. It's painful. I'm sure it wouldn't take you too long. In fact, you've probably already got thoughts and maybe times in your own life when there was silence and it felt painful or awkward. Maybe you're in that situation right now. I mean, I remember it was just a few short years ago When silence was part of Terry and my household, praise be to God that through the work of grace and forgiveness, um, our silence is only temporary. (laughs) Silence, though, can also be good. We have to realize that sometimes it's good to sit 
in silence and just to listen what is around you. For me, that's one of the reasons why I love going into the woods to deer hunt. It is sitting in the stand, waiting for the sun to rise, watching the woods come alive, listening to the woods come alive as the sun comes up. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but there's even a spiritual discipline around silence. It's called silence and solitude. Church fathers have talked about for centuries how it's important for our spiritual journey for us to take time to be alone and be silent in the presence of God. In fact, this morning I want to do a little experiment with you. We're going to take one minute, and we're just going to be silent. Those of you who are watching online, or you're watching this later, just sit in silence with us. I'm going to use my timer, so it won't go any longer than one minute, because I don't want to freak us out. But Okay, so here we go. One minute of silence. If you need to close your eyes, or you need, whatever you need to do, just be silent. So how did it go? Did it feel awkward or did it feel good? What were you thinking about? Were you uh, thinking about maybe work or those last minute Christmas presents that you need to get? Or maybe you're thinking about fantasy football and how your team is going to do or not do this weekend? Maybe you were thinking about lunch. Maybe your mind went to a bazillion different directions. I was reading uh, or listening to a podcast here not too long ago, and the pastor was talking about silence and how difficult it is for us to sit in silence because our minds are going a million different directions. And he said, it's okay if your mind wanders. He said, View it as every time your mind wanders, it gives you an opportunity to come back to Jesus again. You're focused on Jesus and all of a sudden you think about work. Oh yeah, okay, come back to Jesus again. You think about buying gifts. Oh yeah, come back to Jesus again. Every time our mind wanders off of Jesus, we get an opportunity to come back to Christ.
There's another kind of silence that was talked about in the video, and that is the silence of God. And sometimes we have been praying for something for a long time, and it feels like God is not saying a thing. Those can be really good times as well as really difficult times. Really difficult because maybe for you it's an emergency. You need an answer today. But at the same time, it's a good thing because it is a test of our faith. What if God uses silence to get our attention. I mean, we, we, you know, getting attention, so we're thinking that God screams and yells, hey, trying to get our attention. Nah, I think God just sits and waits. The title of our message today is Listening to the Hope of Advent. And we have been talking about the hope of Advent this Season and Advent being from the Latin word which means coming. And so Advent is uh, celebrating and remembering the coming of Jesus. And Advent is something that the church forefathers put together. It's part of the church calendar. It's not something biblical. It's, it's, it's in the church calendar. And they put this church calendar together so that we would be intentional about remembering specific things that are important for our faith journey. So it's important for us to yearly remember the birth of Jesus Christ. And so it's in our calendar. And so we take these four weeks and we celebrate Advent. We do the same thing with Christmas and Lent. Lent is the 40 days before Easter. It's a time that the church, we focus on preparing for Easter. We're preparing our heart for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and celebrating that. So here we are at Advent. We're listening to the hope of the coming of the Savior. Our text today is found in Luke chapter 2. Starting with verse 8, it's a familiar story. It's part of the story we read every year at Christmas. You can either turn in your Bibles or the words will be up on the screen. Luke writes, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. There are a few things that I want to point out in this story this morning about the shepherds. One, they were out in the fields. I mean, we got that. They were out in essence a place of silence. Yeah, there was other shepherds around and sure enough they were probably by a fire and they probably talked some around the fire. But when I talk about there was silence and they were out in the countryside, uh, part of what I'm meaning is there was no Netflix, no social media to post on. Uh, there was no little short TikTok videos. None of that was there. It was them and nature and sheep. It was their job. It was their way of life. So, in essence, in their everyday life, an angel shows up. They were experiencing silence, in essence, out in their everyday life. Two, the second thing I want you to notice is that they weren't expecting anything. It's not like they were waiting for God to speak to them. In fact, they didn't think God ever spoke to them because as shepherds back then, before Christ came, the only people who heard the voice of God were the priests and the religious leaders. God never spoke to shepherds, which I think is part of the miracle of this story. God chose to speak to some shepherds out in a field who were taking care of their sheep. The third thing I want you to notice is that God had been silent for 400 years. It had been 400 years since the last prophet was speaking the word of the Lord. And again, this is how God spoke to the people back then. He spoke through prophets and priests. And there was no prophet. There was no word from God. And there was no freedom because they were under the rule of Rome. There was no hope. And it's out of this scenario that the angel came. And the angel said, I have good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So as we know from the story, the shepherds went and heard and then acted on what they heard, meaning they they went and saw Jesus and Mary and Joseph, and then they, finding this miracle and this gift of hope, they went and told everybody they knew that the Messiah is born. They happened to be listening to God, and they responded to God. So the question for us today is, are you listening? Advent can, as we talked about, be a time of pain and we're wondering where God is, whether it's a death of a family member or divorce or marital issues or health issues, whatever. It can be a source of 
pain, especially if we're on social media because everybody shows their best pictures of their best Christmas party and all the families are together and everybody's smiling, but what they don't show is the turmoil going on behind, but we don't see or know the turmoil, so all we think is they're having a good Christmas and my Christmas is lousy. At the same time, Advent can be about joy and parties and busyness, but the question still comes, are you listening? Today I want to give you a picture of hope. It's not about hope in taking the pain and sorrow that we may be experiencing away, experiencing at this time. It's about finding hope as we listen to the Savior in and amongst the pain that we experience. As we go into this, there's one thing I want to clarify. There is a difference between hearing versus listening. Um, hearing is just hearing, and as a parent, you know kind of what I'm talking about because you tell your kids something, and they don't respond, they don't move, and you go, did you hear me? And they go, yes. Well, why didn't you do anything? Well, they heard you, absolutely, They're hearing you, but they weren't really listening because listening is no more about knowing and understanding what is said. I mean, we can hear and not listen. You know that you are listening when you can say back to the person what they told you. I mean, we've all done it. I mean... There have been times that Terry's been saying something to me and I'm, my mind goes off thinking about, remember we talked about silence with Jesus and our mind wanders, my mind wanders and Terry will look at me and go, did you hear what I said? Yeah, yeah. Well, what did I say? Um, you said the thing about the thing, about that person. I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. In pre-marriage counseling and marriage counseling, one of the things that most pastors and counselors talk about is called active listening. This is communication 101. It's a silly little exercise, but it works. This active listening, you get the couple sitting down in front of each other, and the one says what they want to say, and then the other one repeats back to that person. So what I hear you saying is, and then you repeat it back. It's Active listening. It's being intentional. Sometimes, I mean, I never do this, but when a conflict happens, you're thinking about how you're going to defend yourself and you're not really listening to the other person. Okay, maybe I do that more than I don't do that. But the idea behind this silly little exercise of active listening is that before you can say anything, you repeat back to the person what they said. What this does, it gives the other person an opportunity to go, yes, that's what I said, or no, that's not what I said. What I meant is, all you're doing is listening to understand. That's a new concept for our culture. So how awesome... It is when we take time to listen and understand 
what somebody else is saying. So too, when it comes to listening to God, sometimes we hear God, we open up our Bible and read and we hear, then we just close and go on. We don't listen to the Spirit of God speaking transformational words into your heart for many different reasons. So here's a couple of examples from the Bible of the disciples hearing but not really listening to what Jesus said. The first is found in Luke 8, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat and set out. As he sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked the disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Jesus is sleeping in the midst of a squall, which is a, which is a sudden storm. It comes out of nowhere. And we can all understand the, the disciples' fear. You know, the boat is being swamped. They're in the middle of the lake. They don't want to drown. It's understandable. Jesus gets up and calms the storm, and he rebukes the wind and the water. And then he asks the disciples, where is your faith? And most of the time, we think about Jesus' statement, where is your faith, is like, why didn't you stand up and rebuke the wind and the storm? And there is good reason to think that. But what if Jesus' question about their faith had more to do with the fact that they didn't listen to what he said in the beginning? What did he say in the beginning? He said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. If Jesus said, let us go over to the other side of the lake, you're going to get to the other side of the lake. What if the fear was because they weren't really listening to what Jesus was trying to communicate? So the question again is, are you listening? There's another story about another storm, and this time it involves Paul, and Paul is on this ship. He's on the way to Rome. He's going to go stand before Caesar, and the ship that Paul was on had landed in Crete, which was part of the way to Rome, and it took a long time to get to Crete because of wind and other different things that was going on, and so they were at, at Crete, and winter was coming, and you don't want to be on the Mediterranean Sea in the winter because the storms are, are bigger in the winter. You, take, you have greater risk of issues happening. But according to the story that Luke tells us here in Acts, um, Crete is not a great place to winter a boat. Don't know why. It just, it's not a great place to winter. So the captain of the ship says, we're going to sail farther down the shoreline, we're going to get closer, we're going to go to a better place. Paul warns them and says, um, he says, I can see that this voyage is going to be disastrous and bring loss to the ship and cargo. 
and potentially to our own lives. Captain says, we're sailing, we're going. Now, think about it. If I'm on that ship, who am I going to listen to? The captain, who has lots of experience sailing, or Paul, this religious guy? I get listening to the captain, and so off they go, and they get out on the sea, and a storm comes, and it says in Luke, with hurricane force, holy cow, that's quite the storm, they did everything they could survive. This storm blew for days, got to the point where they were even throwing all their cargo and other stuff off of the ship, and everybody was losing hope except for Paul. And Luke tells us in Acts 27, this it says that after they had gone, starting with verse 21, a long time without Paul, food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Creek. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and, and loss. <laughs> That's all you need, right? A guy who says, I told you. Some of us would think that Paul was kind of arrogant right here. Maybe, but he's telling the truth, right? Um, verse 22. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand the trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who will sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Once again, we have a storm. This time people are in the storm because they didn't listen to Paul Side note here is sometimes storms come into our life because of other people. Sometimes the consequences of other people's decisions impact us. Now, I, what I don't want you to do is be like Paul and go around and say, I told you. It seems that in the midst of this storm, these days that the storm was going on, Paul might have been talking to God through the storm or praying. It doesn't say that in the text that Paul was praying during, during this storm, but you can assume that because Paul led a prayer-filled life and he was always praying for others, always praying for the guidance of the Holy Spirit and... Uh, the angel said to him, God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail. So it just seems like Paul was praying for the people on the ship. Praying, and I'm sure he was praying that, that God would protect the ship and the people on the ship, get them into port and safe and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't end that way, but at the same time, God hears the prayer for the protection of the other men on the ship. This is an example for me of listening to God and the power of prayer.
God has graciously given the lives of the others to Paul. It seems to me, again, that Paul is going, God, protect these men. I know you're going to protect me because i got to go to Rome. Protect these men with me. Also, um, Paul keeps on encouraging others with his faith. He didn't call them to have faith. He had the faith, and it protected those around him. The prayer didn't stop the storm. The the prayer didn't protect all of the material supplies. It didn't protect the boat, but it did protect them. So me, in this story, the takeaways are One, God listens to our prayers. Two, God answers our prayer. Three, God's word is faithful and true. What God says, he will do. Four, God's answers to the prayers doesn't mean he will take the consequences away that we are experiencing. Sometimes, hope comes in knowing that he is with us in the boat. You see, sometimes we're so busy looking for hope in God answering the prayer the way I want Him to answer it, protecting and saving everything, and we don't realize that often God allows the consequences of our decisions to play out in our life, even the consequences of other people's decisions to play out in our life. But the hope comes in the fact that God is in the boat with you. So the question is, are you listening? This Advent, I want to encourage you to take time to listen for the voice of God. If you are in the midst of a storm, whatever it may be, Listen. He will speak hope into your world. Again, doesn't mean that some of the consequences are going to go. It might not go. You may have to live through that consequence, but He is with you in the boat. So stop, take time to listen. This promised Savior who came 2,000 years ago is coming again and has given us life and given us life abundantly. Jesus said those words. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come to give life and to give it abundantly. That's a promise. Put your hope in the promise of the Word of God. Again, the storm may be brewing around you, but in the boat, there is hope. Listen to these words from the angel of the Lord to the shepherd. 
do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Listen to the hope of our Savior. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we don't always listen very well. So I pray that you would challenge us each day to listen, to listen to you, to listen to those around us, to seek to know you, to know your promises, to put our faith in your promises, to find hope in you. And I pray, Father, during this Advent season, if there's anybody in this room here today or listening online or later, there's a storm brewing around them, Father, remind them today that you are standing with them in their boat. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're supposed to listen. So application would be me to say, okay, go home, set aside some time, and listen. Yes, but we're going to practice right now. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Um, grab your Bible in your pew, or if you have a Bible on your phone, whatever. I want you to turn to Psalms 46. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to take five minutes, and we're going to be quiet in this room, and I want you to read Psalms 46 over a number of times. Just meditate on Psalms 46, and listen to the voice of God. Maybe a word or a phrase out of Psalms 46 is just going to rise to the surface for you. Pay attention to that. But just in silence, read Psalm 46. We're going to do five minutes. 